So hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us today for our first episode of Talking to the Author, a casual chat with a business book author, hosted by Ron Bettine and with special guest, Steve Bradley. So before we start, um, let me introduce myself. My name is Marlene Hernandez and I am the office manager here at Resource YYC. We are a co-working space for professionals. So if you're looking for a private office to work for the day or on a monthly basis, just let me tell you that this is the right place for you. So we also provide virtual office services um, in case that you don't wanna use your home address for your business. I'll be sharing with you our website in case um, that you wanna find out more information about our services here and also about our upcoming events. Well, that being said, um, it is time to start with the session. So Ron Bettine, um, he's one of our co-founders here at Research What We See, but I will let him to introduce himself. So Ron. Thanks, Marlene. And really, you do want to come down to Resource YYC because of Marlene. She's amazing. I actually think she should be hosting the whole podcast. You got a great voice. So I uh, appreciate that, Marlene. Um, and yeah, I'm one of the co-founders here. I am an independent consultant as well as an entrepreneur. Uh, so I do a bit, bit of everything. And now, including we have, we're doing networking events at Resource YYC. And we have now changed them into networking podcasting events. So it's exciting for us and on our website we have a series of all the past ones um and this will be our first networking event and podcast that we're talking to authors in calgary and uh this is pretty exciting for me because there's so many good uh business authors and authors in our city um that that it really we wanted to take some time part of resource yyc is to really connect entrepreneurs connect business people and really highlight uh, some exceptional people in calgary including some of the exceptional authors in town. So this is our inaugural, inaugural uh, book. Um, it won't be our book club, but our, our interview, the author, and we have Steve Briley uh, with us today, uh, Briley, and he is from Better Human Group. He's the founder. And uh, Steve is really focused on creating a space where people can share their stories of how they make the world a better place. And in 2018, uh, Steve founded Real Leader Development Company with the goal of helping leaders um, be better leaders by helping them learn critical leadership skills. As part of the business, um, he hosted three leadership conferences in Calgary and Phoenix and heard some incredible stories uh, from leaders that are making a difference by caring about their teams. And in 2019, uh, the company dramatically changed direction after talking to one uh, executive coaching session. And I'm not even gonna read the rest of that bio because I think some of that would be better coming from Steve. Um, so. Sure. Um, and it's some is a great story to how he got there. So, um, what I will say is that um, that Steve is a lifelong learner. He's attained his master's in arts and uh, leadership from Royal Roads University, and is, and is a certified executive coach and um, a graduate of the program. And is PCC accredited from the International Coaching Federation and director of external relations on the board of the Calgary ICF chapter. And Steve resides in Calgary with his spouse and a son who is pursuing a marketing degree in BC. So welcome here today, today, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is great. And it's a great book to start out on. Very inspiring uh, um, books, actually. We're going to talk about a few books you have uh, mm -hmm. with some inspiring stories and some um, real life lessons uh, to learn from today. So we'll try and get a few nuggets out. We we're just saying before we could probably talk for about three hours so we'll try and keep it to a hard one hour stop uh, um for this uh for this podcast so maybe maybe we start out steve just tell us a bit about yourself uh sure. I, outside of the bio there there's more to steve than that what i read <laughs> you know uh the book writing is really a side hustle uh my primary role is with uh an organization called gallagher uh and I'm a VP of Leadership and Assessment and Development for Western Canada. So we work at large corporations and design leadership programs, do executive coaching. Um, and, um, you know, really uh, have enjoyed getting in the pro into the process of writing a book. I honestly never, ever thought I would write a book. I, I think the first book I read, I think it was 18. I was a challenged high school student. <laughs> um, bare, barely got out, thank God, that passing was 50. Um, 
but what just a great experience and um, learned a lot uh, about the process, learned a lot about working with other people. And, and um, um, it's just been, just been a fantastic experience. Cool. So we went back to your grade 12 English teacher that book, book writing was on the report card. You should be an author. Yeah. It, it, remember Cole's notes. Those were my best friends back in high school. Exactly. Wasn't for those. I would still be in high school probably. <laughs> so and now in your careers so you have a lot of life experience coming up here not as an author but you spent a lot of your career in well various things but a lot of leadership as well prior to you yeah i've been very lucky you know i'm originally from montreal uh then moved to toronto worked there for a while uh, doing marketing for different industrial organizations uh and sun life fingersaw rand and uh, did some uh, retail marketing for a company called Fitness Depot and then uh, came out to Calgary. And then from there, I got into the computer industry and I was running a computer training company here in Calgary. Uh, very fortunate enough to move down to California and do the same thing right mm -hmm. here in Santa Cruz, California and Salinas, right near Monterey. Uh, then off to Phoenix and then I came back. Uh, had a chance to work in post-secondary, so I worked at both SATE uh, into business school and then University of Alberta uh, School of Business. And from there, joined the energy sector. So I've got to had a chance to work in Canada um, and Enbridge, focused on talent uh, management and, uh, you know, coaching, leadership development, that type of thing. From there, I went to Canadian Tire. So I was the VP of talent for Canadian Tire, Marks, and uh, FGL Sports. Great. Great place to work. Got a really good discount on clothing. I really, I really miss that. And, um, and for a couple of years, I started uh, started a business, and uh, then I came over to Optimum Talent uh, just wow. just prior to COVID. So I've been very I've been very fortunate. I've had some some well, great opportunities. And I expect none of those jobs you're planning to write a book, but I expect you a little bit of all of that history helped inform. Kind of who you are today and where you ended up. So, uh, absolutely. So maybe, maybe actually we can talk about a bit about your company. Uh, so you started Real Leadership Development, mm -hmm. um, with with the intent. What what prompted that? You know, big part of it was I had met a number of leaders who wanted to learn skills to be just be better leaders, and uh, and really around basics, how to have good conversations, how to connect, you know, how to give feedback. Um, and then I also realized that people wanted an opportunity just to get together and learn from one another. So that's when that first conference was put on. It was October of 2018. It was here in Calgary. And I had some great keynote speakers. I had a panel, uh, had 450 people come to the event. Uh, it was a paid event at the BMO and it was a ton of fun at music, but most importantly, people had a chance to learn something about leadership and walk away with a, uh, a new skill. So that, uh, so really what initiated the second one, which was in May of 2019 here in uh, Calgary. And same format, uh, just a different focus. It was about uh, how to be resilient and had once again, some great speakers come and talk about resilience and leadership and agility. Uh, the, in that fall, so September, I did a conference in Phoenix in Scottsdale uh, with uh, I collaborated with somebody and, um, that was also on resilience and once again had just some fantastic speakers. And and, so it was, and it was a great experience. I just a couple, a great talk. Couple, couple things about those conferences, they were pre-COVID. So yes, that was perfect way to get people together. Um, and uh, and you at that point is when you started to decide that uh, you should write a book. Right. Yeah, was, I had, it uh, that, was it at that conference? Where was the where was the inspiration? I know you had an actual some actual specific, and that was a bit in your bio that you actually had talked to some leaders. But but had the book been on your mind, and then and then it crystallized, or that instant? Uh, yeah, you know, I had, I thought about writing a book a long time ago, and I just would never seem to make it happen. Um, when I was after I'd done the first conference, and that someone had said to me specifically. I was, we were talking about leadership and they said to me, you know, I wish my leader would just be a little bit more human. And it was a real trigger for me. I thought, wow, that's, that's, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. And um, so decided to test it out. Uh, so the first thing we did 
um, and I did it with a couple of, of people who had helped with the conference. Um, and on a, for the first book, the idea was to create a collaboration for the book. So I had people that I went, I'd gone to school with at Royal Roads University. Um, we bought a kiosk on Stevens Avenue. And I had created these uh, cards here. They're called Better Human Challenge Cards. Yeah. And the idea behind the challenge card is you pick a card and it asks you to do something like hold the door for somebody, smile. Um, so sure enough, beautiful weather until the day of the kiosk and it's pouring rain, uh, freezing cold, but people were stopping. And it was really yeah. fascinating to, to hear people talk and how emotional it was for people. That, that was the thing that struck me the most is just the, the power and the emotion of what it felt like to do something for somebody else or for somebody to do, or for someone to do something to for you. So that, that really kicked it off. It got that first book going. And um, with the help of the four other authors, uh, we went and created. Uh, so the four other authors, Maria Anderson, Letha Cosentino, Robin Stur, and, and Paul Lamaru, uh, we compiled a list of a hundred things you could do to be a better human being. And it was based on some research we had done, some interviews we had done, focus groups, and we put it into the first book. And the idea would be that, hey, I'll pick something to do. Yeah. Yeah, so then- So the cards yeah. the cards were a reflection of those or? They were. And, and the idea behind the cards was to make it something really simple and yeah. you know, like 10 words or less that you could put on the card. Um, and you know what? It was really fascinating to see the response, people liked the cards. We didn't really sell a lot of them, but um, we're getting more interest now, interestingly enough. And that was back in uh, 2020, uh, sorry, 2019 that the cards came out. Cool. Um, the, first, the first version of it, anyways. So, so the journey continues. So you went from the kiosk to the, from the cards, handing them out in the freezing cold to <laughs> maybe writing a book is warmer thing to do. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> it is, it so let's is. actually, so you have, uh, we'll talk about three books actually, but we'll talk about two specifically. So the first book uh, I got up here is uh, uh, being a better, uh, being a better human being at work and at home. So this yeah. was your first book. Yes, it was. Yeah. And this was inspired by a bunch of cards with questions on it or actions on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we talked earlier, um, it's a bit of um kind of chicken soup for the soul with some life coaching tips uh, tied in, yeah. there, right? Um, yeah, and, and I think and it turns out a set of set of action cards to go with it, correct? Well, well yeah, because the book itself is, it's almost like a, a workbook. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think the key part to the book, if on the, the cover you'll see, it's a, it's a kick-ass reminder to be better. And uh, so yeah. what, what we're trying to say is like, there's no specific formula here. It's, it's different for everybody. And we all know these things, mm -hmm. but we thought, let's just make it a reminder for people. And it was simple things like introduce yourself to the person you see every day when you're buying coffee, like really start to connect, um, reach out to an old teacher that you haven't heard from in years and send them a note and just say, thank you. Uh, it, it was really about being much more uh, personal, uh, more connecting between people. And, uh, and we actually asked people not to use email. We asked them to go old school and write a handwritten note and send a card or, uh, or even crazy, give them a phone call. <laughs> so, <laughs> After but, not having talked to them for a lot yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah. And I, so, and it, sorry. No, I was going to ask you, so, so how did you come up with the 100 items? Like, was it the four of you sat down brainstorm or yeah, you said, research? How did, how did you come up with that? Both ways. We did some research. Yeah. And uh, then we, we kind of reflected personally on what we thought we wanted to do. And uh, then we, that's where we each made uh, 20 yeah. and, and compiled it into the book. And then did each of you do your 20 or did you do all 100 of the items? Well, what's your, you know, what's your experience? Tell me, tell me about your experience with uh, the coaching from your book. Well, I can, I can tell you the one story that really impacted me quite a bit. It was... Uh, so, you know, in Calgary, we have the plus 15s and there, there was, uh, you know, you walk up and through the plus 15s and there was a guy there that I'd see every day. He was in a, an electric uh, wheelchair and he was selling artwork 
small little tiles. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing too fancy, right? And they had magnets on the back. And, uh, you know, honestly, in the old days, I'd try to turn my eyes away and walk past them because I just never felt comfortable talking yeah. to them. And I don't know why I did, but, um, and I'm generally pretty approachable or talk to people. But then because of the book and because of one of the things that, okay, this is crazy, I, I have to stop. So I stopped. His name is Hal Ladner. Um, turned out that he had a stroke and yeah. he couldn't use his, the right side of his, of his body. Um, his speech was uh, impacted. And we just, I spoke to him for about 10 minutes. Um, I bought one of the tiles, which was $10. And it was a, for me, it was a real eye-opener that I need to do more of this. Um, and I know for him, he was quite grateful that someone would stop and talk to him. Uh, I think people are just uncomfortable yeah. talking to him. And so as a result of that, I started to do that more often. So now when I go to buy coffee in the morning, I know my guy, you know, his name is Matt. Uh, we talk all the time. I, when I buy lunch, same thing. When I buy, uh, there's a convenience store in the building that I work in and I, we, I talk um, and I, you know, it's like two minutes, five minutes maybe, but it would, it's really changed the way I approach things. So they're getting um, to know you well enough at Starbucks. They spell your name, right? Not only they spell my name, right, but they know what I want, which oh, maybe perfect. that's, maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even have to order anymore. You know? they just, <laughs> it's like, Oh, well, so I, and sometimes if I don't want it, I still, I don't change it. I take it anyways, but Matt, Matt's been great. Um, so and I see Matt. I so I, yeah. I see Matt. I see these other people walking through the hallways now, yeah. and it's a whole different experience. Whereas before, I would always convince convince myself I'm too busy, I shouldn't stop, or and now I I make a point of it. And, so it, and it you're probably you're still busy and you still have same stuff going on. But what? How has that made a difference? Like like now is that is it taking more time or is it actually? Um, just change the way you do things. It, it hasn't taken more time and it's make my, it's made my life better. Yeah. And I'm curious and, about your, your other authors. So I, they also kind of came up with their 20 days. You must've sat around and just shared oh, yeah. stories there. So, and, and they're not here right now, but is there any that you could share that just, just from the period of time of writing the book, you're probably trying some of these things out. Well, you know, we would get together and, uh, we, what we would do is we'd go away, compile the list, and then come back. Yeah. And this was in 2019. And to be honest, it always got really emotional because people were thinking about what somebody may have done for them. Or like in the, in the one, of the, one of the example is uh, Paul is a retired police officer. And one of the things we said was buy a police officer a coffee you know, um, or just go up and thank them for the work they do. Um, and he was quite emotional about that because uh, he, it did happen to him and he, and he know how it made him feel. Um, so I, there was, it was very emotional. And I can, I can tell you yeah. that um, not all of them are, of course, but it, there seems to be one or two things for everybody in the book that they can relate to. You know, like getting a handwritten card, for example, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it seems, you know, they, they say, you know, if you want to be a great, you know, a great leader, you should really be an empathetic leader, right? And it, it seems like more like that's a state of mind, but this actually seems like some practical ways to really become empathetic too, right? Because to the mere action, the mere action of talking to someone or getting to know their names forces you into a being empathetic, right? And learn so a bit about learn. You have to learn a bit about those people and understand where they're at. Well, you know what's interesting is with the cards. We did notice this, and that I've done it too. So, if I were to ask you, Ron, to go and say hi to five people today, yeah, you may or may not. But when you have a card in your hand, mm -hmm. it gives you permission to do it. Yeah. So you can walk up the, and if I didn't know you, I'd say, "Look, you're going to find this kind of odd, but I've got this card." <laughs> and I need to introduce myself to five people and I'm choosing you. So the card or the book take away um, any of the challenge with doing the challenge. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's just been amazing to, to watch. It's a very small thing, but um, it gives 
people permission. And we use the cards here at work. So at work, when we have our team meetings, we pick a card and we all do it. And then next week we report in. Well, that's, that's awesome. Actually, it's inspiring. And so, so I'm going to ask you right at the beginning of the book, you talk a bit about, you know, um, one of the most important things about being a better human. It seems to be some of the fundamental premise for the whole book is about being, being present and connecting with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that something that you went back and wrote the introduction to the book after, or is that something you knew going into the book that those were kind of the two fundamental components? You know, part of it is we did, so we did quite a bit of research up front yeah. through surveys and meeting with people. And then we found out that the being present was very big. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we were all sharing our own personal experiences. You know, when you're at dinner, for example, yeah. and everybody's on their phone and how that feels if you're not on your phone. Mm-hmm. So we thought that being present was important. And the connecting part, you know, I, 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 nothing, nothing, none of this, by the way, is really new. It's just like we're saying as a reminder, um, the connecting part was really important in 2019. It's extremely important no now with isolation, mental health issues. You know, the, the stats now where it was one in five people having mental health issues, the expectation now is it's five and five are having something going on. So yeah, the connecting part, it's a big one for me. And kind of to go and talk about COVID a bit, you started writing before COVID, but essentially this, a lot of this was written, these books during COVID, is that correct? Well, the, the teen one was yeah. for sure that. So the, yeah. the first book was released just in March of 20, yeah. just as COVID was hitting. And uh, it actually impacted our book launch. We weren't able to have the book launch as we were hoping to. Um, and then the teen book was written during COVID. Yeah. So did you... Did you go back thinking, oh man, had I known COVID here, I would have changed some of the <laughs> chapters, or were they mostly relevant? Did you find? Well, you know, they're relevant because a lot of it on the connecting side was reaching out to an old friend, reach out to somebody you haven't spoken to, um, maybe somebody's, and you reach out and and ask someone to share their story or share a challenge they're having. So it it it's still very relevant, uh, I would say. Well, and you guys divided, so the book was basically rough roughly divided quartered right you each took a like you it, said 20 different items and, and yeah. went through and and did you have was it pretty random or did someone specialize in certain things than the other how did how did you decide you know it was random and, yeah. and we we want you know one of the things that we was a key principle for this book and the teen book and all the books we're planning to do is is writing from the heart mm-hmm. well, that was for us really really important and we didn't necessarily, it wasn't an academic book. It's about how do you actually feel? Yeah. Um, and we just wrote down, we coordinated, of course, but we just wrote down things that were important to us. So a couple, I, I got your section here. Oh, so okay. We, we, talked about, uh, <laughs> we talked about being present. Uh, yeah. One of the other ones here was uh, uh, identify your purpose. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and you have a little story around that. And then, and a bit of an exercise of question answering. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's a good one or not, but um, how, what was the process kind of, what, what would you expect if someone read that chapter? Or, you know, and, and when I say chapter, I mean page. Um, yeah, page, it was a page. Chapter, what would be, what would your be expectation for someone to actually get the most out of reading that one there? Well, we're, you know, we're, what the, the book is a story on one side and a notes page on it. We were hoping people would use the book and write in it. And uh, for me, I was lucky enough to spend some time talking about my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I just, we were hoping to inspire people to be, to just step back and reflect, you know, Um, and, you know, on, from the author, from all of the authors, we, we all came from various backgrounds. Some of us had kids, some of us didn't. Some of us were working in BC, some Alberta, you know, we had one was a teacher, uh, one worked at a post-secondary school, one a police officer, and one uh, who was doing her PhD. And um, so we had a mix and it, it all, it's, it's very random in other words, like there's no yeah. theme, but the theme is do something for somebody else. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the ones, but actually, We've almost covered every one already, just in this buying a drink for someone. And actually, what it, what it tells me is it's very personal, right? 
Because yeah, well, I think we've it, already yeah. talked about the things that were important to you in here. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, you're calling an old friend, buying a coffee. Um, we, we did not talk about learning an instrument, though. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm thinking that one's not too random. No, but I think part of that was we were figuring at the originally we were thinking, okay, if I'm going to be a better human being, I need to work on myself as well. And we just yeah. thought, well, I need a hobby. So, because uh, we know that if you if you have a hobby, you'll probably have a better life. We did reference some of the other books, like the Blue Zones book, yeah. Living in the Blue Zones, about and having a purpose yeah. is critical to having a good life. So that was uh, we did. I did. I had read those books, and I they were uh, definitely uh, influential. Well, you're back. I mean, you would have you could have wrote a book on theory for all of this. I suspect. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but you would have got it's a totally different impact reading it not as theory but as actual real little nuggets of information right so i'm curious what kind of feedback have you got from readers so in the first book it was pretty cool actually uh yeah. we did sell quite a few books and yeah. uh we sold through amazon uh com and ca and we also sold uh uh through um, chapters but it was done it's online in the store um, not on the shelves and the feedback was really uh, um it was pretty good like people yeah. it was a lighthearted. i kind of joked as a bit of a bathroom reader you know you could just <laughs> you know read it read a page if you want it pretty quick but feedback was good and i think people really appreciated the fact that it was something that they it was an action yeah. oriented book we weren't trying to talk we didn't want to talk about ourselves or mm -hmm. um we really wanted to talk about other people and or other or this, or things, although we were inspired by how we felt when people did things for us. Yeah, and and how to no, you went on to write another book, but in that book, was there anything at the end you thought, man, I should have put it in, or did your hundred list cover? Is that the ultimate list? Oh yeah, no, we you know <laughs> what we could do another list of a thousand, like okay, yeah, because we you, you all of a sudden you know it's it's so interesting when you do the book and. The editing part is it takes forever, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then you eventually don't even want to read it anymore because yeah. you've seen it a hundred <laughs> times. You know, and you get the the red editing marks in there. Absolutely, could uh, for the first book we could do a follow up and follow add up. some. Yeah. Well, and as a matter of fact, we I did do a follow up. We did yeah. focused on teens, right? We did. Yeah. So, so let's talk about so so the second book, uh, being a better human teenager. Um, Nothing about a kick-ass reminder. I don't know if that was purposely left out. But. <laughs> we left it out. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Or just kick-ass was the the subtitle of that that you didn't put on. <laughs> yeah. So and I I believe why the by the way one of the other authors is online, Hillary. If that's you, I can't see your last name, but oh, <laughs> I, yes, it is. Oh, I cool. Believe. We have one of the authors here. There she is. Okay. Oh. Good. Hillary could either chime in with really hard questions for Steve or, or help with some of the answers. So thanks, Hillary. So, Absolutely. So, so, so let me talk about this book, first of all. So it's, it's kind of divided into two halves, literally two halves. Yeah. One side is the book. You flip yeah. it over. The other side is actually a daily journal. Yeah. Um, and then the first half of this book, um, it starts out, I got to ask you, so whereas the, the first book is really uh, real nuggets, little stories. This one here, you actually start out with some very purposeful research. The first mm -hmm. half of it is research. And, and it's not research with lots of charts and data. It's really feedback uh, there. Do you want to talk about that process and, and oh, sure. how, how you did it and why you presented the book this way? Well, you know, when we did after the first book, you started to hear all these incredible stories of people that were doing things. And then um, this was another collaborative book. So Hillary Rideout is on the... Yeah. on here right now, Paul Lamoureux and Melissa Fromm. And, you know, we all have kids, uh, some older than others. Mine is in his early 20s. And we just, it just seemed like we needed to start telling some of these incredible stories. And there were question, so many. So you, you did a survey then. We did. We uh, it's did not, a, uh, It's not a numbers one. It's, it's you're looking for real feedback, real words on meaning and impact and and what yeah. would it, so a couple of, you know, I'll just go, uh, what, what impact, I'm assuming this is the question you asked the, the teenagers, but what impact would a better human 
teenager have on their own? Uh, And and by the way, Ron, what we did is we took uh, the same questions and we asked everybody the same questions. Yeah. So we could, so we could see perspective, different perspectives. And then, and a bit about, I know I don't have, I should have wrote them all down, but you know, how would a teenage, better human teenager have, what impact did they have on the world, right? And different things. So, and then just huge, actually what I appreciated is it was, it was readable and, you know, a lot of research is charts and everything, which is great. Um, But how did that, so now you had all of this feedback, how did that inform, so this all informed now writing the rest of the book? Yeah. Hey, Hillary, do you want to answer that question? Because Hillary would sure. play a major role in pulling. Sure. Yeah. We um, we thought it was really important to hear straight from teens themselves, parents, yeah. coaches, teachers, really anybody that um, has kids in their life to really kind of understand what it meant to them to be better. Um, And there isn't really a definition of that that exists that's commonly understood. And maybe it means a little something to every, a little something different to everybody. Um, But it was really insightful to hear the different words that people use to describe um, those things and answer the questions that we were asking. And then we were able to take that data and actually reflect upon it. And so a big part of the first part of the book is actually some of some of the author's insights into what we heard, what we were struck by, what we really wanted to focus in on. And we're able to, you know, kind of hone in on some real key thematic insights. And then, and then we went on and, and you'll see in the book and Ron, I'm sure you've seen this, but there's a whole bunch of stories from actual teens. And we started to see the exact same thing show up in those stories. So it really validated what we had first discovered in those, um, in that survey. Yeah, so the story, so you, you really did the research first and then and then proceeded to actually find teenagers. Well, let's talk a bit about that. Uh, well, well, Steve and Hillary there. How did sure. you find the teenagers and the, your interview candidates? And, and again, you seem to divvy them up between the, the bunch of you. We did. Uh, you know, we did it. We reached out through social media. So we have a, um, an Instagram channel, uh, yeah. a Facebook channel, and LinkedIn. And we were looking for people to share names of people that they thought were telling that had a great story. It was also in the research too. So then we would follow up with them. And the great thing about this is our reach changed dramatically. We went from being a local storyteller to a North American and uh, North American storyteller because we had kids from the U S and Canada. So uh, our scope went bigger and uh, yeah, it was really well, uh, fascinating. Steve, you and I talked a bit about this before. It also went more diverse, right? So like one of the things you were pretty conscious, conscious of, you didn't want it to be, you know, one demographic or anything. And that sounds like it allowed you to actually really get the diversity and, and, you know, and we did, and maybe I'll just mention too, the one thing we talked about before is th- this can't be for one demographic because it really is to be a better human teenager means that human, better teenager anywhere, any demographic, any ethnicity, so all those things. So how did that impact the surveys there? Well, you know, I think what we found was the the common denominator, regardless of financial status or gender or race, was there were kids who were doing great things. And the stories also varied. So some kids were doing something quite simple, like, shoveling their um, grandparents' walkway. And everybody, all the walkways along the path to their parents' homes. And we had people, then we, like, on the top end side, I'm going to say it's just as far as scope, uh, people creating foundations. So, and, like, every story was just um, quite incredible to read and so inspiring um, and we had made a rule that the story had to have taken place when the person was between the ages of 13 and 19. Hmm. It's kind of a, lo- a loose rule yeah. in a way, but, uh, yeah. but we had generally a teenager. If you're going to write about a teenager, that's kind of the age group, right? Yeah, but it's more of a guide, right? And, yeah. uh, um, but we had uh, two boys who started something when they were 10, yeah. but they happened to be 13. <laughs> when, you know but they were still doing this stuff and 
just uh, incredible. So, well, let's, let's talk about some. There's a couple of stories, and you and I mentioned, you know, we chatted about a, a couple, but maybe uh, between you and Hillary, you can tell the story. There's one uh, story about Adam, um, and he's actually a teen that was living with autism and epilepsy, right? Mm-hmm. There. Um, you- so, great story. Um, I've never met him physically, but I met him on Zoom mm-hmm. when we did our book launch. And what a dynamo. Wow. You know, so much energy, just a, like an incredible volunteer, um, a kid that's giving back with even with the challenges that he has. And he's very open about it. And, you know, he talks about the challenges that he has to overcome. Um, just does an incredible job. Uh, he, each of these interviews, you really go through and you know, what does it mean to be a better human? Uh, why is it important? Um, it really makes them think about what they're doing as well. I suspect. Um, you know, and then Ed tells story and, uh, you know, and then they had to share some specific advice, um, for other teens and then some of the challenges, kind of what we talked about. Um, and then is there people that inspire them, but, but it sounds like these people who are these kids, um, well, teens who are doing these activities have made them think a bit about what they were doing and why as well. Right. Yeah. Hillary, I don't know if there's any other stories that stuck out for you. I mean, Adam is the one that. Uh, really well, what, struck me, what struck me about Adam too is I remember one of the questions or he brought it up at some point is um, he was really grateful for having autism Wow, which I thought was just so incredible yeah. but it afforded him opportunities to behave and act in the way that he was acting so that was I just remember getting full-on chills <laughs> <laughs> when we talked to him during our book launch um, yeah, and, and so there are were kids and teens being profiled in the book um, who were sort of just, and I don't mean just, but they were every single day. That yeah. was part of who they were, was part of their character, and they looked for opportunities to do sort of small but impactful things for other people, you know, like uh, make sure that the new kid at school has somebody to talk to, take people under their wings in that way. And then we had teens who were doing remarkable things. Um, There was one who I got to know over months um, of interviews and conversations. And um, at the age of six, she contracted Lyme disease through a tick bite. Um, And today, I think she's 17 now. um, And since she was 12, she has been the founder of the Live Lyme Foundation in the United States. And they work to raise money for families who can't afford Lyme medication. And she runs this organization, this foundation, which is just incredible. Obviously she has a a team, but at the age um, from 12 to 17 current day, she's been doing that. So she just made this incredible purpose um, be so impactful for so many other people. So, you know, we didn't want teens just who were doing these big, huge things because that would feel quite inaccessible or, or not doable, feasible for readers, but profiling people like Adam and other teens like him was really important as well because they were sort of those daily everyday heroes. Yeah. It's good to put it. Even, um, sorry, I just forgot the name of the girl who got the tick. Olivia. Her, it started out her life, you know, started out something, I want to say mundane, but it wasn't something that other people turned that type of problem into. Mm -hmm. You know, just such so life-changing, right? That's right. And all these kids are so humble too. Yeah, you know. Oh, so I, I'm I'm really actually curious to know their reaction. So you assemble all these kids and you publish them. Um, any reaction feedback from the the teens that have been there? Has has your book changed their lives? Um, some of them said, you know, a lot of them couldn't believe that their stories are good enough for a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did hear from some of the people that I know that it did. They, you know, they. They brought it to school. They showed, shared it with their teachers. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I'd say yes, um, that absolutely did happen for them. And I think getting that recognition was really important, not for them, but for what they're doing. And uh, hopefully it inspired others to do something similar or anything, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is inspiring. So any big surprises, like, look back now in the last uh, couple of years of writing books and two books out there what uh 
you look back and be say, oh, I wasn't expecting that, or that's totally different than I was planned. Uh, what's your look back on these? Well, you know, if you do it the right people, which I feel is so fortunate, it's it's so much pleasure to do it. Like you, like you, you know, you get together every week, and there's <laughs> like there's all this energy, and so from that, and you learn things about yourself. You know, you learn about developing patience, and uh, no word of a lie, the editing process is a process <laughs> with a with a capital P. Um, um, however, what I learned is that everybody has a story and I think everybody should write a book. Yeah. I just think that it's a great, and it's not about making this million seller book. Mm -hmm. It's about getting your thoughts on paper helps define your purpose. Um, and it really is an opportunity for people to, um, to develop personally hmm. uh, for, for me, I don't know about Hillary, but, uh, any thoughts on that, Hillary? I will echo that the editing process is a painful. Process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally, I have a few computers in front of me, and this one right here has another book on it that I'm editing. Yeah. But Hillary is great at it, by the way. I think, the, I think the trick is to say you're not good at it, and you don't have to do it as much. But, uh, <laughs> and careful what you become good at. Yeah, that's right. I did say that out loud. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> Hey, so, so I want to talk a bit about you have an upcoming book. So you've interviewed a lot of dogs. Yes, we uh, have. To find out what they think of humans and what oh, exactly. I was going to say it was a rough process. So, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so, oh, my yeah. goodness. Uh, I just made that up, by the way, that's, uh, to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, the next book, which is uh, Hillary just finished editing, yeah. is called How Dogs Make Us Better Human Beings. And it's... Uh, Similar format, same stories, yeah. uh, really about people and how they were impacted by their dogs. Um, and then we, we also did research up front. We asked people to get further feedback. And um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it should be, it, it'll be out any, before the any end of the teasers? year. Do you have any teasers for us? From some it's a cool tearjerker. Tearjerker. It's a tearjerker. Oh, oh yeah. I sent a nasty text to the author while I was editing saying, I'm crying. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. So, so for everyone we're, online and let's listen yeah, to the podcast, uh, get get ready to buy that book and have a box of Kleenex, please. Yeah, well, we joked about that. Oh, you should come with a box of Kleenex. But we're, uh, and we're, uh, in this case, we're acting as the publisher for the book. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Hillary designed the cover and is doing the editing and, uh, working with a company called the leash team out of Edmonton. They have a okay. dog walking service. Um, so it's her, their stories really. Oh, cool. And then the, the next book, the other book that's in play right now is called leaders who care yeah. or uh, better human leaders. And uh, it's uh, very similar to the teenager book and we're uh, identifying leaders who care. Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to that. There, yeah. so. Also very emotional book, by the way. Okay. I think I think what I think the theme is we're finding these great emotional topics that you, and we're telling have, good stories, you, you know. You're gonna have to start publishing them in waterproof uh, ink and everything. <laughs> They'll be done in plastic. <laughs> was, and, and I think it's you know I think the the big aha for me is that there's so many great stories out there, yeah, and they just never get told, and it's time to change that. Um, so I don't know. I think uh, I think it's important to do that. Well, you know, um, I, we do have some other people in the line, so I want to make sure we have time for just a couple sure. of questions if they have it there. But, but maybe just a bit about. I'm curious, what's your book reading? What is outside of your own books? What's your must read? What would you recommend for people? And uh, you know, and, and obviously, like years of experience coming up to this, so there must have been some authors or books or people that inspired you along the way. Well, absolutely. I, you know, I tend to. I'm mostly non. I was fiction, and I'm mostly nonfiction now. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a book I, I explored named Ernest Shackleton. Guy's really big. Uh, he explored the Antarctic and about being yeah. stuck in the ice. I've read a number of those books about that. That there's a, a new book now called Permission to Feel, mm -hmm. um, and it's really about connecting with yourself. Uh, the Power of Purpose. Yeah by Richard Leiter. I had a chance to meet with him and work, work with him directly uh, about identifying your purpose. That was a, definitely a game, game changer for me. 
Um, and then uh, those would be the, there's a whole host, honestly, of, of, of books around, but mostly around, I don't want to call it self-help, but it's around self-reflection okay. and, and how you can make yourself better. And, and I, I still think that's the key thing here. It's never about being best. It's just about being better. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit at a time and we're never perfect. And I do have bad days for sure. <laughs> you know, um, one of the funny, I'll just tell a quick funny story is that one of the things in the book and the cards is to look at the, to smile at the person next to you in, in your car. So when yeah. you're driving, if you're stopped at a red light, well, I can tell you that doesn't always go over well. <laughs> so people look at you like you got a problem and it's like yeah. oh no i'm just following the card but uh but, uh wasn't the moment you went to say do you want to know how to be a better teenager yeah yeah it's right yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly Turn the music down. but no it's 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 been just an incredible uh time Hillary, to do this Hillary, since you're on the line is there any oh i think hillary had to check out oh did she have to check out yeah, okay yeah cool well you know um get a few other questions, but maybe I'll just open it up. We get some other people in line, just in case there's someone here who just wants to ask you a question or sure. has a comment there. Is there anyone uh, um, that's joined us that would like to join in with a question or a feedback or comment? Hey, Ron, it's Angie. Angie. Oh, I'll open up my camera. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, not specifically a question, just um, really thanking um, both of you for the, the conversation today. I, uh, Steve, I was reminded how much I enjoyed our conversation uh, the last time we met, and I'm all fired up again about uh, being a better human, um, and I can't wait to read the books. And I look forward to uh, connecting because a, a lot of what we talked about today uh, aligns really nicely with some of the work that I'm doing as well. So thanks Absolutely. so much. Ron and Steve have really appreciated it. Well, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for saying that. Angie, you're having a once a week. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you do once a week there? Because it does align a bit there, right? Sure. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I, I do a call uh, room on Clubhouse, which is an audio only app. And so we once a week, we talk about all things mental fitness. And recently, uh, we've, I've started talking about what I call sage leadership. That's what I think uh, Steve and I can connect on. So it's about being an empathetic leader. Um, as well as a bunch of other sage powers around positive intelligence, which would be my book recommendation. Um, so yeah, thanks. So I'd love to reach out to me if you need a connection onto, onto Clubhouse and how to get there. But uh, uh, Friday, no, Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Thanks. Well, part, of, part of what we're trying to do here is build community and make connections. So thanks, Angie, for joining us. Um, any other questions uh, from people who have joined us today or comments? Just wanted to say thank you. It's so nice to see everyone again. I haven't seen Steve since well before the pandemic. And yeah, that's nice for sure. to hear yeah. what you're up to and oh, to thanks. hear about your new books. Well, thank you. Yeah, and just to let you know, we are planning to have a Better Human conference uh, next April. But we'll have keynote speakers. And um, we've got those two books in play right now. We are doing some publishing as well. And uh, next year, we've got, I think, six books on the go. And uh, Wow. Uh, Better Human. So I've been, I, I have a whole bunch of domains that I need to use up. But Better Human Teacher, Better Human Coach, Better Human uh, First Responder, um, Better Human Parent. Um, you know, I think we need to tell more of these stories. That's the goal here. And to uh, it's just to inspire. And to, we need to change the narrative because if you watch the news, it's pretty depressing after the first three minutes. Um, but there are some incredible people out there doing some just amazing things. And uh, what we, the way we look at it, we think if we can tell their stories and inspire people, then we can change what's going on. But it's not about being prescriptive. It's not about saying, okay, you need to go and do this and the world will be better. We're just saying, you got to find what works for you. And uh, so far, so good. Well, and I will say that there's got to be something in these books that people can relate to, right? I think uh, there's a lot of books people decide just from, you know, just from reading a bit that it's not for them. But you cover so many good little nuggets in both these books that, that there has to be something someone can relate to and some little nugget that can turn around and maybe make a difference in their life. So. So how about this? Why don't we do a challenge? Like for anybody who's online or anybody who watches the podcast, yeah. uh, the very next day. So within 24 hours, 
you need to introduce yourself to somebody you see every day. Oh, good. That is a great challenge. So and, and take this, it up. It's hard. Yeah. Just telling you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and because I know we're doing this live, but uh, we do post these podcasts. So this could be a challenge that just goes on. So, yep. so if you, if someone's going to pick this up and re listen to this uh, a year from now, the challenge still stands. So, uh, and we might have some stories. We might have some stories about how it went. So great challenge. Is there any, actually just so before we start wrapping up here, is there anything else we didn't talk about that you'd like to just share that, uh, um, um, that we might not have covered there? No, I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. It's been a great experience. Yeah. Um, we've book sales have gone well for the, the second book. Um, but we didn't really make the book honestly to sell all kinds of books. That was never the goal here. The goal was to, uh, you know, maybe touch a certain smaller group of people that could, that might find it interesting. And where, uh, where can they, where can people find your book? Amazon, Amazon, Am okay. Amazon.com or dot that, which is the U S version or dot CA Canadian version, of course. And this second book we've sold in the UK as well. Oh, wow. So yeah, so we've got some uh, some reach on the, on this book, and um, and you have yeah. you have your own website, right? Yeah, betterhumangroup.com. And uh, someone wants to reach out to you. Yeah, they can absolutely reach out, and of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been it's been fantastic, and it it feels really good to do this, and I've met some great people, and I just believe that everybody should seriously consider writing a book either if it's as a solo author yeah. or a collaboration um get some like-minded people together and uh, uh what we just heard that the book might be used for curriculum wow. here in, in alberta uh at a at a school to start off with so that would kind of beat if uh it, yeah. to use the the list in the back but yeah it's kind of it's been fun it's been a great great experience well we sure appreciate you taking the time today um, and to, and tell her already. Thanks for joining in. With I will. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great. She wasn't sure whether she could. Uh, you know, we all have day jobs, right? So this is yeah, like no, a, that, was, that was great. Uh, and uh, yeah. sure appreciate that. And uh, just a reminder to everybody. Uh, so Marlene uh, will be posting these on our website here. And uh, coming up, uh, actually, maybe Marlene, I will hand it over to you, and you can kind of do a few announcements and uh, upcoming events as well. Yes, of course. Well, um, first. Thank you so much, Ron and Steve, and to all of you for watching and listening to the, this podcast. And yeah, I want to encourage you to check out our website, our website, resourceyyc.org, for more events coming up and to find out more about details about the services that we provide here. Um, our next episode for this Talk to the Author will be on December the 2nd, and we're going to be having our special guest, Suzanne Lubel who is also here watching this amazing session. Um, so yeah, thank you so much again. Well, thank you. Thanks everybody for joining. Thanks again, Steve. Okay, thanks. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, you guys too. See you later. Bye-bye.